Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Our guest is Sarah Ponzak, financial advisor at UBS Private Wealth Management. Sarah, uh, welcome back to the platform, which you know well. Uh, So (laughs) it seems like the data today, the disappointing manufacturing data, kind of suggests that investors will switch here from the glee from yesterday about Jay Powell's comments about slowing the pace of rates to more serious fears of recession. The thinking being sort of along the lines of, great, we don't have a runaway freight train at the Fed, but now the worry is they went too far. And I guess that means that we're all going to be trying to figure out whether it's soft landing or hard landing. Your thoughts, which of the two or neither? Right. Well, thank you for having me. It's always great to be back on the Bloomberg platform. And, you know, the markets, at least the market perspective, is that bad data is still good news. Uh, You know, we didn't see much of a reaction today in markets, but you have to keep in mind that we're coming off of a period in which the Dow just rose 20% from its low back in September. So it's really been quite the feat to witness the strength in the stock market over the past couple of months. And that, of course, has really been set upon the expectations of a Federal Reserve pivot. But to your question of has the Federal Reserve gone too far? Now, that is starting to be the million dollar question. And a lot of people are expecting that that's probably the case. Because as we all know, monetary policy acts with a lag. We have now seen four straight 75 basis point rate hikes. The expectation is for another 50 in the middle of this month. That is a massive, massive change from where we started the year. And we have not yet really started to see the effects of that and how that's going to affect the economy. And that's why at UBS, you know, our, our chief investment office is still concerned here and, you know, wary of taking on too much risk because, yeah. sure, You know, the expectation is the pace of rate hikes might slow, but then you have to turn your focus to the economy next year and the potential for a recession and then profits. I suppose it comes down to trust. Do you trust the Fed gets it right when they didn't last year? Well, trust is, you know, a little too fickle a concept maybe to hang your hat on as an investor. I don't know if we can just say, okay, I, I trust the Federal Reserve, especially like you said, after a year in which they kept demanding and and saying over and over that inflation was transitory. And here we are, December of 2022. Clearly, it was not. But if, if we think about, you know, the forward picture and what's going to happen to corporate profits, it's really interesting from a valuation perspective. If you look at the S&P 500 right now, 
it's trading above 17 times forward earnings. Now, historically, whenever the S&P has been trading at valuations around these levels, forward earnings growth averages 4%, 14, excuse me, 14%. And if you think about where we actually stand, we are not even close to that. Right now, yeah. bottoms up, analyst expectations are five. We expect a decline of fours. So the interest rate tightening cycle started off in March. We've uh, had a 16-fold increase in the cost of borrowing. We should be feeling something or seeing something in the data suggesting it's working, shouldn't we, sir? And, you know, when we look at the non-farm payrolls report coming up Friday, you know, is that going to be key in determining whether anything is actually taking hold? And, of course, the inflation report coming up will be even more important. You're absolutely right. And if we think about the past couple inflation points, CPI, PPI, even the last jobs data that came out as well, they all started to show a loosening in economic conditions, you know, some deterioration. Of course, one data point does not make a trend. But as you mentioned, the jobs data that we expect to see tomorrow, the inflation data that we will then see, you know, next week, PCE, those will start to tell us, you know, maybe it is a trend. We'll have to continue to see it. But there have been slight hints that the interest rate hike cycle that we have seen is starting to filter through the economy. Well, the PCE deflator uh, in the data today was was better than than what it might have been. Uh, but but the problem is it's just still not down anywhere near the target. No, and it, it's always a you know, it's almost a funny conversation because when you speak about to market participants and you look at the markets, so excited, you know, look at the, look at the market reaction from the last CPI and PPI prints because inflation was cooler than expected. But please, we're st- still talking about decade long highs in inflation. So in order for inflation to get down to where the Federal Reserve wants it, back towards that 2% level, it's going to take some time. And it is possible that the reactions that we have seen, the market might have gotten a little bit ahead of itself, but we'll wait to see the next set of data prints. Yeah, this, this is it. I mean, when we then look at uh, you know 10-year yields now at 3.5%, uh, did the markets, or did investors, I should say, really, uh, get uh, perhaps uh, uh, an alternate message from uh, Jay Powell than perhaps uh, he wanted to send out? Well, it's interesting. So, you know, Fed Chair Powell's message on, on yesterday wasn't necessarily dubbed by any means. But some are saying, well, he didn't push back against the market rally that we have seen this quarter. And that in and of itself is relatively dovish. But let's be clear here. He still said that we are expecting that we will see a slowing in the pace of rate hikes starting in December. That's not new news. It was already expected that the Fed was not going to raise 75. They would likely go 50 in December, and then we'll see what comes after that. But but certainly, the market heard what it wants to hear. The market heard a dovish Powell. Um, but the reality is, beyond December, still up. You know, the the, the path of rate hikes, whether we're going to see a leveling off, whether we're going to see a bit more, is is still up for grabs. Let's talk about conviction calls. Uh, We see from your notes um, what you like. Uh, If you could sum it up a little bit uh, in a nutshell, tell our audience uh, where they can go to make some money. So in a nutshell, I'll give you short term and then long term. So 
short term right now, and we've been advising this for quite a while, um, look to defensive areas of the stock market if you want to be tactical. So healthcare, consumer staples, that's really worked out well this year, considering they're flat in 2022, roughly. And then we do still like energy, even though we've seen you know a rally of more than 60%, considering the fact that profits have kept up with that. You know, energy energy still looks good here on, on the equity side. From a long-term perspective, though, think about long-term structural growth themes. And this more so fits in the growth category, which has really taken a hard hit this year. So areas like cybersecurity, for example, you've got to be particular in an area like this. But we have seen valuations come down. And if you have the ability to weather uh, volatility and risk in the coming years and you have a long-term picture, that could be a structural theme to start looking at. Uh, what about tech? So when you say tech, I assume you mean big tech and, and mega cap tech, because obviously it's been a really difficult year for technology this year. We're not quite ready to go all in yet on tech. You know, it's still an interest rate play at the end of the day right now. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. That is uh, Sarah Pronchek there, joining us uh, from UBS Private Wealth Management, where she's a financial advisor and getting her take on the current market action. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. <laughs> 